Magic is power. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I am your Legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jeremy. What's up, man? Not much, Pat. How you doing? Man, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, we have a lot to talk about tonight. We uh, do. Yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, first and foremost, um, you know, as always, you can find us uh, first on hipstersofthecoast.com. Uh, you know, they cover everything from Commander and Cube to Legacy Limited, so you find us there every Friday. And also, if you want to support the show, you can visit patreon.com slash leavingalegacy. Uh, we have some sweet rewards like stickers and shoutouts, playmats, and more, so check it out. I will we'll drop the link in the show notes. Uh, so first and foremost, Jerry, you got a chance to speak with uh, kind of a pretty reputable player, someone who is a... Mm, aficionado of a certain deck why don't you why don't you just give us a quick intro there let us know who you got to speak with this week yeah we have a super special guest on this week uh he's not with us now but he was with us in the past and he's gonna be in the future of this podcast coming up and we're also recording in the past but not quite the past of the past when you recorded with this gentleman Things got a bit timey-wimey, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but luckily, it's it's all sorted out. Our, our wonderful listeners are going to be able to hear uh, the one and only Julian Nab on the cast coming up. Uh, we recorded an interview with him uh, over the holiday weekend, just because being in Europe, it was very difficult to find a time where our uh, you know time frames overlapped. Him being yeah. about you know six eight hours in the future. <laughs> <laughs> what he didn't want to record at four in the morning? No, he did not wish to record at four in the morning. I don't. I don't really blame him. I'm ready to talk legacy at four in the morning, especially on a you know a weekday. But <laughs> didn't really work out. Uh, but luckily, we managed to grab him uh, because we had Friday off for the various holidays. So awesome, awesome time with uh, Julian. So I mean, let's just get right into it, Pat. Let's roll the clip. Let's roll awesome. the clip. <laughs> roll the thing. Welcome back, everyone. I am joined with a very special guest today, the one and only Julian Nab. How's it going, man? Hey, man. I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, now, Julian, you are very well known in the Legacy circuit. I would say probably one of the, the most famous of the Legacy players <laughs> these days. <laughs> but uh, for, for our listeners who, who might not have heard your name before, can you give us kind of just a quick rundown of your uh, your magic career? Uh, quick rundown of my magic career from the beginning? Or, <laughs> or the stuff you might... Yeah, might starting with your up. birth. If you could start with birth and then move up, that would be oh, great. Oh, okay. So I was born <laughs> in 1985 in Munich, and then we fast forward to 1998 or 1999, <laughs> something like that, where I started playing magic at school because one of our friends brought, I think it was Ursus, yeah, Ursus Block, Booster Packs, and Starter Packs along, so... We got pretty much hooked immediately and started playing, and I was playing this, like, white, black Scourge deck, and it was, like, mm-hmm. super awful, but, yeah, we liked it. And just like like a ghost, when you don't really know the rules, and everything is, like, pretty much fucked up, eventually everybody starts playing some crazy combo decks, so I quickly drifted into, into some kind of Elves combo deck that was quite similar to what I'm playing today, only, like, the rules were quite different. Like, if you had an untap effect... Uh, I don't know, say, Frantic Search, it would untap your cradle three times, and that was pretty busted. Oh, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'm beginning to see where you picked up your love for Little Green Men when you can untap Cradle three times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's what he did in school, and it kind of grew boring after a while because at some point people found the Academy deck, even though like nobody had internet back then. Mm-hmm. But like right, right on the street was there was like this Buster combo deck, so a couple of people built it, and that pretty much destroyed our school meta game. <laughs> Ender um, of friendships. Yeah. Uh, not so much friendships. We actually just decided to get rid of the cards instead of our friendships, so uh, that worked out for the better. Uh, humanity prevails. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then sometime later, I think in 2003, we started playing just for fun, but at that point I wanted to move it, like, not exactly to the next level, but at least started playing competitively. So in 2005, uh, I started entering tournaments. Back then it was, like, extended tournaments every Wednesday night in Munich. And I was like horrible, like literally horrible, super, super bad. I, I played cancer therapy on basking root roller. And like, <laughs> and the guy, <laughs> I lost, I lost the first game to it. And the guy in the second game, he was like, seriously? And I'm like, ah, gotcha. yes, basking root roller. That's how bad I was. Uh, that's, that, that reminds me of a story of one of my friends in a tournament thought seized my other friend and his only non land card in hand was, uh, Nether Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> some, yeah, sure. so, some creatures just want to be discarded yeah. <laughs> awesome yeah. so yeah so go on yep yeah and from then on like i i only ever got into legacy when i realized that extended does this thing called rotate which i found like super awful because mm-hmm. suddenly i couldn't play my enchantress deck anymore like I was looking back at school, and the deck I always liked the most, uh, except for Elves, was Enchantress. So I built Enchantress and Extended, and it already was, like, not the best deck, but it was a lot of fun to play. Mm-hmm. But then Extended rotated, and I couldn't play Enchantress anymore. And I still remember, then I went on eBay, and I looked up what Savannahs cost. And back then, Savannahs were, like, 10, 12 euros, so I picked up a playset and started playing Enchantress and Legacy. And I had to pretty much learn everything from the ground up again. Not that I learned that much in Extended, but... Yeah, then that's why I got into Legacy, and I, I yeah, the first cup of this, I was once again super awful, and I think it lasted until 2009, late 2009, 2010, when I slowly started like getting better. But it's Legacy; it's like a very long process to ever get to something that you would call consider like decent. And then if you want to move beyond that, it takes even more commitment. And yeah, mm-hmm. so every like when I play Magic Online, I think there's still something I learn every day. Definitely. That's yeah. I had no idea you uh, you dipped your toes into the legacy water with Enchantress. Uh, a bunch yeah, of... I even wrote an article about it. <laughs> no, really? No, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, we actually it's have a, a pretty dedicated Enchantress fan base of the uh, that follow the cast. So oh, I'm you sure do. they're <laughs> yeah. I'm sh- one of our good friends, uh, Curtis the Trash Man, is. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty cool name. <laughs> yes, mostly because he both brings and takes out the garbage at tournaments. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he, he's he's our resident enchantress uh goon leader so <laughs> you you you'll you find much love among our uh, our listeners for the enchantress deck <laughs> so you moved from one green combo deck to uh you know i, I would say elves is probably your most well-known deck that uh yeah. you're playing at least recently what what kind of made that transition uh, so between 2000 and well, when I picked up Legacy in 2007, I think, and 2013 when I picked up Elves, I played pretty much every deck. Like I pride myself at, be, at being like quite good with pretty much every deck in Legacy, mostly because mm-hmm. I think I 
played every deck except goblins. But in 2013, I was on Shardless for a while, or I actually had been on Shardless for, I think, six months or something. Mm-hmm. But then I went to the Bazaar of Mox in Annecy, and I got, like, destroyed, like, like, like I've never been destroyed before by elves. And that yeah. was before we had, had stuff like Toxic Deluge, before we played stuff like Ogari Charm, because True Nemesis didn't exist. So we literally, like, we had no sweepers. Mm-hmm. And then I played against elves, and it was, it was crazy. And I remember <laughs> I spent the, like, the night, like, that was in the trials. And the night before the main event, I spent the night thinking about what can I do against elves. And I just, like, the only two cards I could come up with was Envelop and Gravedigger's Cage. So that's what I played, but after the tournament, I realized, okay, if you can't beat them, join them, and you've always liked the deck, and I actually, I wanted to start playing less Magic, because only that year I had gotten a job after coming out of university, and I thought I wouldn't, I would have less time to dedicate to Magic, so I wanted to, to still stick to a deck that was fun to play, and that you could also, like, play on your kitchen table with your friends every Tuesday night or something. <laughs> It, it's true. Elves is deceivingly unfair. When you first see it, you're like, oh, this is just a creature deck. And then it just spills its hand and most of its deck onto the table. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Anyway. But I was like, <laughs> you wanted to trick your friends. So people would play against you. Because before that, I had built the, the X deck in Modern. Mm-hmm. And I tried to play against my friends. And when I went into my combo turn, my friend switched over to the next table and started playing against another guy. And then he came back and asked me whether he was dead. <laughs> And I realized that's not what I want to do. <laughs> a real life F6. Did he just write F6 on a piece of paper and leave it on his no, chair? No, unfortunately not. But that's pretty much what he did. <laughs> Excellent. Awesome. <laughs> so you're still still on elves at the moment. Any uh, any plans in the future to switch decks? You know what what would get you to change away from elves at this point? Mm, I think at this point. Uh, the only deck that I could ever switch into would probably be Miracles. Because mm-hmm. you, like you like to win. <laughs> mm, yeah, because I, I like not being frustrated. True. Uh, if they changed something that made Miracles even better, or say elves less, even less viable, maybe not even less viable, but let's say less viable, um, then I think the only deck that you could change into would be Miracles. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, like... There's only so much time you can commit to magic and to producing content and stuff. And if you really want to like get good at a deck again, and I think I'm for somebody who who only has played like I think is it 100 sanctioned matches with Miracles and some some on Magic Online, I think I'm quite okay with the deck and I understand it quite well. So if I ever switched into it and like had some of our Miracle guys train me, I think I could be like quite good with it. But all the other decks, I think most other decks that aren't combo decks are like less good versions of elves so i see no point in into switching into them mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's true it does seem like uh the miracles player base is uh scooping up more and more people we just had uh our friend bob huang on who i believe is also a member of the oh, cool. uh yeah, yeah. the pre- premier yeah, yeah the inventor of legacy bob huang. <laughs> yes the inventor of legacy yeah we'll get, we'll get to that uh trash talk i'm gonna have to give him some shit for that <laughs> but uh <laughs> We had we had him on uh, a couple episodes ago, and I was just giving him so much shit for switching over to the dirty miracle side. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it just it does seem like miracles is one of the best decks in the format, and I don't want to go off in too much of a tangent, but I just want to you know what's your hot take? Do you think it's too good? Do you think something needs to be banned out of the miracles deck, or do you think you know let it run? I mean, it depends on. 
like we, we now have no objective criteria on when something should be banned. So I can't really say anything should be banned. But from my experience and from like my experience in legacy altogether and the aspects that, that are important to making legacy fun, I think something should go. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it actually doesn't matter whether you ban top or terminus or counterbalance because if you ban top, the deck is pretty much done. Yep. If you ban terminus or uh, counterbalance, the deck loses a lot of leverage in certain matchups that it might come. Like it actually needs to to dedicate more stuff in the main deck to either like the creature matchups or the combo matchups. So it in general gets weaker. And from an S perspective, it probably doesn't even matter whether they kill counterbalance or or terminus because suddenly you actually get to have a real like the the, the actual game. That's what I mean with my legacy experience. Like mm-hmm. in Overall, you always had this this game of control versus like swarm, where, where you have to have to like find your way and and actually make the the good plays and understand when you can overcommit and when you should not overcommit and try to grind them out, mm-hmm. uh, and also like interact with the lands to to delay the wrath or play discard, which traditionally used to be good against com- uh, control decks, which isn't that good against miracles anymore, and. I think that aspect would come back, and that would make the matchup more interesting. Even though I have to say, if something happened to Miracles, I have to admit, maybe something would need to be done to Elves too, unless the meta like got to a point where it was freed up so much it could dedicate more hate to Elves. But I think Miracles is holding back Elves like a ton. Yes. And mm-hmm. if something happened to Miracles. I could see something happening to elves, and I know that guys like uh, Jonathan, you know, Alexander, he says no, actually, something would ha- need to happen to Storm, and he might be right about that. Like I, I'm telling him, I, I don't think so because suddenly you get to like dedicate so many cypher cards to Storm, which is much easier to than miracles. But I don't know. There's guys like Rodrigo Togoros. He says um, Deathlight Shaman should be banned while you're banning something from miracles, and I wouldn't hate that because honestly. Even though, like, we have all these cool and good and viable cards, but at that point, like, 50% of the meta is something like the Buckshell, and then yep. you either add Aluren or Food Chain or go like the the True Name Nemesis Reduke style. Uh, and in a way, Elves is even drifting towards that because even Elves, like, I'm looking at main deck a property case a lot, and at that point, we just become a back deck without the the cantrips. Right, instead of Tarmogoyfs, you're running Queen yeah. of Rangers. <laughs> yeah, the superior, <laughs> the superior <creature>. threat. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that I wouldn't even say that's an exaggeration in the meta today, but <laughs> that's. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. Uh, I feel that's why I've been so strongly uh, drifting towards combo decks lately, is because I feel every time I brew up a fair deck, it ends up just either being bug or a bad version of bug. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, every deck pretty much starts off four brainstorm, four force of will, four deathrite shaman, four abrupt decay, and then see what flavor of bug you want to go from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I could definitely see deathrite shaman being banned just to open up the format a little bit. I think just being a hybrid green black just means it can go into so many different decks that there's no reason not to run it. Yeah, um, I'm still not sure what they actually thought about it when they made it like hybrid and one two, which is like super good. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm actually okay with uh, Top sticking around just because I think Top is a very important card for, uh, you know, the non-blue uh, combo-y decks like 12 Post uh, or even I've seen some uh, 
uh, mono red sneak attack decks running it if they're eschewing the uh, Chalice of the Voids. Uh, I'm personally running Sensei's Divining Top in my sneak and show list just because I, I like it for the long game grindier matchups. So mm-hmm. I, I would like to see Top stick around just because I think it's important to have a cantrip that isn't blue for the non-blue decks. Uh, but I definitely think I if I had a pick between Counterbalance and Terminus, I would actually be hard pressed to choose one. Um, because if you get rid of Terminus, then all of a sudden cards like Nimble Mongoose and True Name Nemesis go way up in value. Uh, just because Miracles won't be able to deal with them as effectively. But I would definitely say Counterbalance is the the most annoying card in the deck, and probably one that everyone would cheer if it got banned. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Because we already had like a counterbalance era in Legacy around 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. when like something like Countertop Golf or Supreme Blue used to be like the popular control. Or actually, you can't really call them control decks; they were like mid-range decks. And also, uh, then, Thopter Sword. When, I thought the Thopter Sword deck was yeah, uh, that was also there, but it wasn't that good as the other two decks. True, and also like Dreadstill, which used to be huge in Europe, but not in the US. But Dreadstill was probably <laughs> might have been the best deck in Europe back then. That was heavily underplayed. You are preaching and, to the choir about Dreadstill. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've written four or five articles about Dreadstill in the past two years. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I had no idea. I, oh, I love me. I love me some Phyrexian Dreadnought. <laughs> Oh yes, but but that kind of went away when Shards right. of Lara came out and the entire Lara block, and we got like what was it, uh, Krasali Pride Mage, and mm. was Crows and Grip in there as well, or um, might have even. Uh, that been, was Time or, Spiral. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was previous set. Yeah. Oh, actually, after Lauren. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yep. So the the first Counterbalance era ended, and it only ever came back when Terminus was printed in 2012. Mm-hmm. And I think if you do something to Terminus, the the entire issue of Counterbalance fixes itself. Like, people might still hang on to Counterbalance, but I think if you do away with Terminus, Counterbalance might not even be worth it. And if you look at it, with Abrupt Decay in the metagame, and Miracle's often only playing three counterbalances or even siding counterbalance out against stuff like elves yeah. then you you realize okay counterbalance really isn't that good anymore so i'm just i just want to see terminus go because it takes away the this what i mentioned earlier this dance between aggro and control where you use like you interact with the lands or you you go for the discard and that's pretty much gone with terminus yeah and that's what i miss yeah, and also, like, instant run mana wrath, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> for real. <laughs> for real. <laughs> that That is a good point, though. I, I've never thought about it that way, that if you de- get rid of Terminus, then the counterbalance uh, threat goes away as well. Because it's true, I mean, Terminus resets the board, and then counterbalance prevents you from redeploying. But if you're never able to sweep the board in the first place, those early threats you can land can uh, make all the difference. So, yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a good insight. Another interesting part of the discussion is whether you should take away and treat the angels. And in the very beginning, when Mercus became dominant, and I was wondering like which card is actually making the matchup unwinnable for me, and I think it was Entreat the Angels, because Entreat makes it so that you can't grind them out anymore. Hmm. Like you could always go for a very conservative approach and always like have a board of Kurian Ranger, Dryad Arbor, Wild Symbiote where you only ever lose one creature to Terminus. And eventually, especially once you find a way to deal with counterbalance, you will get there if you manage to do something before they get chased to ultimate. But with uh, Entreat the Angels, it's... I don't know, you're rolling the dice. You're hoping they don't get to Entreat the Angels before you can grind them out because that card immediately ends the game. And it's also like the one of the cards that, that helps them turn around 
matchups other people consider like bad for Miracles, like Chant or even like Death in Texas uh, or say Goblins, mm-hmm. which I think are all good matchups for for Miracles. But the general consensus in the community is that those decks are even or even favored against Miracles, which I heavily disagree with. And the Treat the Angels plays a plays a big part in that. So if you want to do something like s- very small and cosmetic. To, to give a first change and see how the meta reacts, you could take away and treat the angels, but it might be too little. Yeah, so I would say I like it on the surface because it narrows Miracle's win conditions. I think one of the biggest reasons Miracle's is so hard to play against is it's very difficult to get a con- cohesive sideboard plan against Miracle's because they can attack you from so many different angles. They can put in a bunch of Entreat the Angels tokens. They can drop some Monastery Mentors and make a bunch of Monk tokens. They can just control the game and kill you with Snapcaster Vendillion Click Beats. Uh, or they could Jace ult you. So I think banning Entreat the Angels would be good because it's one less thing that a Miracle's opponents have to worry about. But at the same time, I feel it's a Band-Aid rather than an actual fix. Because... Yeah. It kind of reminds me, like, when Grizzlebrand was first printed, everyone was saying, oh, it's too good, it needs to be banned. No, Grizzlebrand probably doesn't need to be banned. Something like Show and Tell probably needs to be banned, because you're only fixing the issue until the next big giant creature is printed. Um, so it'll, it may fix it for a month, it may fix it for a year, it may fix it for five years, but I feel you're still on the verge of, you know, just one card being printed that crap makes the problem all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's basically the principle is ban the enabler, don't ban the, the actual card mm-hmm. that causes some problems right now because there might be one in the future. Right, right, exactly. But uh, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be interested to see try that out. Part of me wants to have my own like R&D session with my friends where we just arbitrarily ban certain cards and see how the matchups would change. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think so much of it just comes down to we don't really know until we actually try it out. There's only so much oh, yeah. ar- armchair general that you can do. Yeah, Caleb Durwood used to do that. Yeah, he had that this, was a great series. Yeah. series on Channel Fireball. And I kind of want to do that again with a couple of people. Uh, but I just didn't have the time lately because of so much other projects. Yes. But uh, we always wanted to do a series where we unbend survival and see what happens. Because <laughs> everybody knows, like, or at least if you played back then, you knew yep. how busted the survival uh, Venturine deck were. Mm-hmm. But Recently, people, like, we had a discussion about it on the source, and we tried to come up with deck lists that would actually break survival, and there wasn't really anything that was exciting. Like, in the best case scenario, you got, like, I mean, in the, in the dream scenario, you got your Venge into play on turn two, but that basically never happened. Mm-hmm. So you would get, like, two or three Venge on turn three in, like, one of the very best case scenarios where your opponent also doesn't have, like, a prop decay or death Eye shaman, which, right. or sorts of plowshares or terminus or needle or revoker. So you see where <laughs> that's going. Right. So I think the best way to build it is to use either a bug shell or a barn shell, mm-hmm. similar to, to barn survival back then, and basically be a good deck even if you don't draw survival, because otherwise you, you I don't know, casting a 4-3 haste on turn 3 or 4, that's not good enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. You know, I, I I think unbanning survival would definitely be interesting and probably could be doable, but my my real heart wants uh, Earthcraft to be the green enchantment that gets unbanned. <laughs> it's not even banned. Yeah, I know it's banned, but it's like... <laughs> it's, but I, I want to make some squirrels, man. I just want lots of squirrels. <laughs> yeah. 
Earthcraft is probably uh, one of the safest cards to unban right. because some people would play it, some people would win out of the blue with it, but nobody who was would be serious about winning a tournament would play Earthcraft. And, I mean, I might be wrong, and it would be interesting to see uh, in which ways I would be wrong, but I don't see it doing anything like Bastard. I think if you unban Earthcraft, I think it gets a lot more dangerous to then ban Terminus. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then... You still have, like, like engineered explosives, and, you know, there's there's still a million answers to it. Yeah, but you also need to deal with the Earthcrafts. True, true. Uh, I, I think Abrupt Decay, while really narrowing deck-building choices, is yeah, it, it just is a great stopgap to a lot of these just broken shenanigans from taking place. Yeah, and I think it's also necessary because, like, Chalice is bigger than it's ever been in Legacy. True. And counterbalance is everywhere. So, yeah, you kind of need it, even though I, I honestly really dislike how, how bug-focused the meta is right now. Because in my heart, I'm always a Bant player, and I want to play Bant, but Bant is, like, the little bad, <laughs> ugly cousin of, of Buck these days. It's so true. I have the most fun playing Bant. I, you know, when I play, like, Noble Hierarch into... Uh, Stoneforge Mystic or True Name Nemesis. Like, I feel that is my pure magic. That's what I think of when I go back to Little Jerry as a kid learning how to play magic, you know, just curving out with dudes. It just, it, <laughs> it, it, it makes, it makes me warm inside to, to think about that. So. Oh, yeah. It, uh, it is a, a little sad that these other three color strategies just don't really have a reason to push you towards them anymore. Yeah. 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 Well, we've we've been uh, name dropping quite quite a few people so far. You know, Caleb Derwald. Uh, I believe we said Honorog as well. Bob Huang. All of these people have uh, have something in common, which is which is why we wanted to have you on the cast today. Uh, you're one of the the brainchilds behind the Legacy Premier League. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the Legacy Premier League is gonna air on April twentieth on uh, well, Twitch TV slash It's Julian or LegacyPremierLeague.com. Mm-hmm. whichever place you want to check out first. And it's the second season of an online league Mike Danielson and I have been doing. Uh, the first season was called the Legacy Mediocre League. It ran <laughs> last summer uh, with nine people. Caleb Dorbold won the finals. And ever since, we wanted like to, to create a second season. And we even tried to get Wizards of the Coast on board. And they initially, they were quite interested in supporting us. But then they kind of pulled out... Um, I don't know. They, they they mentioned they might support us in the future, but they couldn't do it for now. So there was some kind some disappointment last year, but earlier this year we decided, okay, let's do it. Let's let's do it again and and get this out there. So we upgraded to 16 players, and we got a lot of actually quite well known players into yeah. this. We also got support from Cardholder and from Jeff Lake Palmer of Living Cards, and also some private support from uh, Map Public who all have been supporting us like in, in very important and great ways. So we managed to actually get all of this out there, and I'm super excited to, to start the league next week. Yeah, I mean, this is awesome. We'll, uh, we'll link the uh, link to both the Twitch uh, channel that it's going to be aired on and also the website uh, 
for it. Uh, it's it's Julian at Eternal Gaming. <laughs> great great name for a website. <laughs> um, but yeah, your production quality is through the roof. I would say this is better than probably the majority of things I've seen Wizards or even Star City <laughs> Games put come out with. <laughs> You're, uh, I, I wouldn't compare us to Star City Games. Like they have really high they high, do uh, they production do. value. But uh, your commercial is great. <laughs> oh yeah, that's how Jeffrey did. If you yeah. like that, that, that's Jeffrey Palmer. He also does the I would I don't know intros trailers mm-hmm. for GPs, and he also did a lot of work for Shadow Fireball. And I think he's the premier card animator in our community. And if Magic Online ever decided to like get animated cards or anything like that, I'm I'm sure that he would be the guy to go to because oh. his stuff, yeah, his stuff is, is really great. amazing. Great, I, I follow him on Twitter, and he posts stuff all the time. And yeah, if if that's what foils looked like on Magic Online, foils would actually be worth more than the regulars instead of less than the regular yeah. versions of the cards. I mean, have you seen a foil Korean range on Magic Online? It's so ugly. It's like <laughs> something exploded in its face or something. I was looking at uh like picking up some Grim Lava Mancers for my Sneak and Show sideboard the other day, and I could get regular Grim Lava Mancers for two fifty, or I could get foil Grim Lava Mancers for sixty seven cents. <laughs> So I got the regular ones because they're ugly as hell. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is this is awesome. Uh, mostly just because I feel as much uh, legacy content as can be generated, I will definitely consume. You know, you can only play so many uh, tournaments. You can only get out there so often, and just having this high level legacy content to watch. Pretty much, you know, it, the videos are also going to be available uh, in an archive, I assume. Yeah, they are going to be on my YouTube uh, and also on the website. Perfect, yeah. So just being able to watch just high-level legacy content like that. But high-level we don't know yet. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being generous. I mean, I mean <laughs> s- skip over the Bob episodes. Bob will uh, probably just lead you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, Honorai, you'll, you'll learn some stuff from him, BBD, Caleb Derward, uh, Jarvis Yu. I mean, this is this is a great list of, uh, of people to follow. I'm, I'm excited for this. So, and all of them play because Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Caleb probably won't. <laughs> By the way, I don't know any of the deck lists yet, so, yeah, I'm going into this blind. Good. So, are players allowed to change decks in between rounds, or is it going to be tournament style where, you know, you're, you're locked in? We've got four groups of four people each, mm-hmm. and you pick a deck in the blind. You don't know the, uh, who your opponents are going to be. And then we play round robin, and so that's six matches. And you stick to the same deck during the group stage, and then the first person moves on to the quarterfinals, and the second and third person play a wildcard match against uh, second and third guys from the other groups. And during the wildcard match, you still have to stick to your deck from the group stage. And then the quarterfinals... Uh, actually, let me look it up. <laughs> <laughs> in the quarterfinals, you also have to stick. No, we, oh no, no, no. We are starting with uh, the best of five. Yeah, yeah. That that's the, the big new thing that we wanted to do. In the quarterfinals, you got the best of five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you pick three decks, and you have to pick a starter deck, basically like Pokemon, I guess. <laughs> 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 and then you have to defeat your opponents three decks in a row. And if you manage to do that, you move on to the semis and to the finals, where we use the same format. And we used that in the playoffs of the last season. And I think I thought that was like super, super interesting. Yeah. 
because people, you actually had to think about which decks to choose and whether you wanted something that crushes a certain deck of your opponents. So pretty much everyone brought like a Miracle's Crusher deck because everyone knew somebody would have a Miracle deck somewhere <laughs> along the way. So I brought 12 Post. Unfortunately, I won the Miracle's Mirror, so 12 Post was kind of useless once I had to like field it against Tinfins. Oh. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm guessing Caleb was on Tinfins. <laughs> yeah, Caleb was on Tinfins. Actually, he went down 0-2 against me, and then he came back 3-2, winning all three matches with Tinfins. Oh, boy. <laughs> and he made Children of Corlys on the final turn in the final game to kill me as the last creature in his deck because all his Emrakuls and Grizzlebrands <laughs> had to exile. Yeah. That final was really amazing. Uh, that's, I, I have also... I've dealt 15 damage with the Children of Corlys over 15 turns. That's uh, that's my, my memory of Children, so... <laughs> Un, uh, hidden beater <laughs> oh yeah uh, that's awesome so I guess how how did uh, this all come together was this just kind of you know you hanging out on the legacy circuit talking to people or is this something you've, you you mentioned it's the second season but I guess more towards the first season uh, you know how how did you decide to do this so in I think it was 2015 early 2015 Mike made this this mock poster of the legacy uh, of the vintage super league um i think we can li- link it in your comments which he called the legacy mediocre league and yeah so it kind of <laughs> made fun of its participants for example for the eighth person he just wrote well i basically just needed an eighth person or yeah so yeah. <laughs> that, that was the idea and we said that it was going to come out on april 31st which mm-hmm. doesn't exist but a couple of people thought it was like real and <laughs> 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 um, Later that year, we decided, hey, let's actually do that. So Mike and I got together and made all the preparations for it and invited the players. And then we just ran the league, and it worked out really, really well. People liked it. And here we are with our second season, upgrading to being a Premier League. Actually, some players, I won't name anyone, requested a name change Hmm. (laughs) because they didn't (laughs) consider them sometimes mediocre. Oh, wow. Was it Bob? I bet it was Bob. I won't name anything. <laughs> no, it's okay. Bo- Bob's a friend of the cast, so you can shit on him all you want. <laughs> I uh, I was actually just at Star City Games Worcester with Bob, and round one we sit down next to each other, and Bob's opponent is a, like a 12-year-old kid with an unsleeved deck, and he just says... Oh, Anorak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not Anorak, but close. But close. <laughs> And his opponent just goes, yeah, this is my first GP. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> and I'm just like, damn it, Bob. If anyone doesn't deserve this, it's you. <laughs> and then he kills him twice on the first turn of the Belcher. Exactly. Just the, I think he ended up having a feature match for that for that match. But yeah, just the unofficial round one bye. <laughs> uh, that's how I stopped out being the bye, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Everybody starts at zero. <laughs> Some people start at minus five, and then they have to get up to zero. But eventually, you will get there. There you go. There you go. Uh, I also have uh, all the profiles on the website of all the players. Uh, this is uh, some shit talking and extraordinaire right here. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, actually, that was so much time that went into that. Yeah, <laughs> that's the section we spent the most time on. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, I think it was BBD. Uh, yeah. So BBD says. Uh, He's a master of limited and standard, which is almost as uh, almost a gr- as great a feat as when Anorog managed to plug in a USB drive on the first try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> There's a, I, I definitely recommend people to go check out these profiles because they are hilarious. <laughs> For some people, I they are, might not be 100% true because I didn't really have much information on them, so I asked them to provide something that's interesting about them. And then we just added some. <laughs> <laughs> so was uh, riding, uh, what was it, a unicorn through his uh, childhood home, uh, Anurag's uh, idea, or yours? <laughs> oh, no, that's Bob's. That's oh, Bob that's, that was Bob's, of course. <laughs> I think it was a dog, not a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, a dog, there we go. <laughs> Another mythical beast. Rover. <laughs> I, I would actually think your next project is if you could uh, just set up uh, webcams in Bob and Honorog's apartment and just turn that into like a buddy sitcom. I think that would Jamie be great next viewership. Project. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them. Don't tell them. It'll ruin yeah. the surprise. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is awesome. <laughs> So I'm uh, I'm gonna make you put your money where your mouth is. Other than yourself, of course, who would you say is going to take home the gold? <laughs> it's gonna be, be probably Nick Fiola, yeah, because he, he's known to play twelve posts, and from like a rough estimate, like half the league is playing miracles, so he's in a very good position to do to to get there. Nice. Awesome. We just have to pick up different decks for the playoffs. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We can it see some 12-post action just crushing Miracles players left and right. Uh, I, I wonder... I kind of want to get his thoughts. So um, I, I my preview article just came out for Hipsters of the Coast where we released uh, the Cataracts card, which I think would be kind of interesting in 12-post. From talking to a bunch of 12-post players in the uh, the local area, they seem pretty interested in it. I'd, I'd like to get his thoughts on uh, you know, what he thinks of adding colors to 12-post. Uh, which card was that? Uh, it was uh, Cataracts. I wrote an article about it, and I can't remember the name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me pull it up. This is what the magic of editing's for. Here <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go. Oh, you had you had an official preview card for Wizards? Yeah, yes. Yeah, oh wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. First one was pretty exciting. Oh, I got that here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, Cascading Cataracts. That's what it's called. Um, so it's the indestructible, uh, utility land that either allows you to add a colorless or you can pay five and tap, add five mana and any combination of colors to your mana pool. Uh, so when I, when I first saw that, I kind of zoomed in on Armageddon aspects. Uh, I really like the idea of just having a one-sided Armageddon because I'm a mean person. <laughs> but uh, some of the other 12-post players in our uh, local area thought it would be a really cool addition to 12-post as a way to have uh, some more more fun with the deck. I don't know if it's exactly <laughs> better or good, per se. <laughs> yeah, as you mentioned, like, have more fun. That's right. That's <laughs> probably the, the big point about it. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, who doesn't want to cast Grizzlebrand in 12-post? <laughs> Oh, you can choose any combination of yeah. mana? Oh, I get it now. Yep. So you would probably, since it's not legendary, you probably play like four of this. Or you also got uh, crop rotation to find it. Mm -hmm. But that, and it can't be wastelanded. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's one of those cards when you first look at it, you're like, meh. And then the more you analyze it, you're like, oh, this is actually better than it, you know, it first looks. I guess you could play that in Elves and Cast Crystal Brand. 
Everybody gets the gas crystal brand. <laughs> Everyone gets the gas crystal brand. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, one of the more fun win conditions uh, people are trying out is uh, door to nothingness. Make door oh, to nothingness playable. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or only one if you're running candelabra. So oh, deep. That's deep. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Aaron Gazaniga uh, is a well-known twelve-post player in our area, and uh, he's running a four candelabra of Thanos list with two door to nothing as the win condition. <laughs> <laughs> And he's, he's going to use the Cascading Cataracts? Yeah, Cascading Cataracts for it. Oh, man. I want to see that on a feature image somewhere. <laughs> we'll see if we can get him. I think he has the deck together online. Maybe we can see if we can get him to uh, stream it one night. But, yeah, I'll watch him 12-post Crush of Miracles any day of the week, so I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I really uh, look forward to Nick probably getting a group with, like, three Miracle guys. And then still somehow finishing last, and they're like, what the fuck, Nick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they hired assassins to uh, to just drug him with NyQuil before the matches. <laughs> Probably. Uh, oh, man. I wouldn't put that beyond Bob. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a sneaky one. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, I, I think this is great. More legacy coverage is always a good thing. Uh, what what's kind of your your uh, take on just kind of legacy coverage in general? How do you feel about legacy's health in in this day and age? Mm, I mean, it's a shame that Stars Games pretty much doesn't have legacy content anymore. But yeah, I think that there's nothing people can really do about that. Uh, otherwise, in Europe, we we've got a lot of tournaments, and that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, neither of them have video coverage anymore, so Basar of Moxon doesn't do it, and the Magic Card Market Series used to do it in the beginning, but there were not enough people watching it, so they stopped doing it, because it's also apparently quite expensive. Um, Mm -hmm. So right now, all we got is text coverage, which is quite good, like Magic Card Market, I really have to say, they are doing like amazing text coverage, but it still like doesn't compare to video coverage, and Mm -hmm. that's unfortunate, but from talking to them, uh... The only thing you can do is go to their Facebook page and, like, not complain, but just mention that you would love to see video coverage. Right. And then maybe it will return. Um, yeah. But other than that, um, I really like that Channel Fireball has been, like, putting out a lot of legacy content. Like, oh, it feels man. like Andrea Miguchi, he's putting out, like, two videos a day or something. Yeah. It's really crazy. He really likes legacy and especially vintage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I think the fact that standard is pretty crummy right now is definitely helping. <laughs> the fact that everyone just doesn't want to do anything with standard, so they're like, "All right, I'll go write or make videos about legacy instead. This will be more fun." But um, yeah, it is kind of a shame, you know. Like you said, there just isn't as much video coverage as there is, and the video coverage that's available isn't as easily accessible. You know, a bunch of the local tournaments around here. So I'm in the uh, the New England area. Mm-hmm. And we have a monthly tournament that does at uh, Scholars Games, and they do video coverage. But they're just, you know, they're no Star City Games. They're they just started off. They're they're building a fan base. They're building, uh, you know, a great community of Legacy players. They get you know about a hundred people show up to their local shop just for Legacy events. Wow! Um, Each month. Yeah, uh, they're on about a five week uh, five week uh, reoccurrence of uh, tournaments. And what uh-huh. they do is they do like a. Uh, uh, every five weeks they'll do like a uh, dual land tournament where they'll give out forty dual lands as the as the prizes for uh, top sixteen. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, that gets people in the door. But 
uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely feel I might be in a bubble just because Legacy is so popular in New England. I can go to an F&M-sized Legacy event six days a week, uh, and I could probably go to seven if I drove up to an hour away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I feel being pulled in both directions where I, I feel I've never been able to play more Legacy in my life than I do right now, but at the same time, watching high-level Legacy play, I feel is at a, as an all-time low. Yeah, you don't get to see it, like, every week, like you used to with the Star City games. Like, I remember Saturday night, or Sunday night, actually, I stayed up very, very late just to watch Star City games. They really like that. But that's gone, and I think one of the reasons Star City games... I mean, obviously, they're, like, a really big shop, and apparently they are doing great service, mm-hmm. um, and people like them. But another reason why they got so popular is because they have super high production quality and like they they have great commentators and that that's that counts for a lot like if i watch some of the local streams like even if the players are good sometimes i can't or like actually i can't let's say i don't want to continue watching because either like the the equipment is very bad so the sound is bad or the webcam is a bit blurry and it's not their fault like i'm not asking a local shop to have the same kind of production quality that star city games does mm-hmm. i'm just saying that the lack of production quality is, is something that's probably holding back the legacy video coverage right, right now. Which I think it's great that you're doing this on Magic Online, because I just as much shit as Magic Online gets as a program, for coverage purposes, it just makes everything much easier to read, much easier to recognize. You're not having to peek behind players' hands that they're trying to hide from their opponent, but mm-hmm. also show the camera. Uh, I, I think it, it definitely takes away a lot of the troubles. It it also presents, you know, other problems, but I feel moving the platform to Magic Online is, is more of a benefit. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest draws these online leagues have, is that you get to see each player's cards all the time. Mm-hmm. Because if you watch them, and you might know what's in their hand, or maybe you don't, but if you actually get to see the cards in their hand, there's so much to learn from them. And since there's actually some money on the line, they also like they have an incentive to to play it well. Because I have to admit, when I'm streaming, I'm not always playing to my full potential. Mostly because streaming distracts you, but also because it's just a league. And whereas uh, this time we've got a one thousand dollar prize pool provided by Cardholder. Thank you guys, really. Thank wow. you a lot. Oh, I didn't know so, it was that. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I haven't put it on the website yet, but we probably should do it because we weren't like sure which way we we're gonna split it. But I think mm. we decided about that, and so we can announce that. <laughs> I mean, a thousand dollar prize pool for a sixteen-player tournament is some insane EV. Yeah, that's almost as good as the Bizarre of Moxon Super Finals yeah. last year. Wow, <laughs> that had ten thousand euros for fourteen players. What the fuck? Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. That is awesome. I hope you guys are even more successful than that because. The, I, I'm looking forward to this for uh, you know many years to come. Um, we got to we got to we got to talk about maybe lowering the amount of miracles participants though. <laughs> I mean, last year we, we had no miracles players in the group stage. Yeah, but like, did you see Danny's deck from last year? Like Aspeth, Suns Champion, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, those yeah. are some crazy decks. <laughs> oh, but man. this year with a, a lot more money on the line, I think people are pl- trying to play a more I don't know legit game and not try something funny mm-hmm. i mean i would still be in there with my door to nothingness 
<laughs> you and know, maybe you're the revolution that the Empire needs. <laughs> no, nah, I mean Bob, Bob will just mock me out of uh, out of the event. So <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> oh boy, uh, that's that's awesome. So you know, you, you got this uh, the Premier League coming up. Any uh, any big paper events you're uh, looking forward to in the near future? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we already had the Italian Championships this year, or as you guys call it, the Italian Weekend, mm-hmm. and also the first uh, Magic Card Market event. And by the end of this month, there's going to be the Magic Card Market event in Frankfurt, which is looking to be fucking huge. Yeah, I it's, saw they were like already crazy. sold out, already sold out of tickets there. Yeah, they sold out like twice, and then they added additional seats, and then sold out again. Oh, and man. Last year we had over 600 for modern and over 400 for legacy, and it was like super crowded, and it lasted well beyond midnight. And this year it's gonna be even larger, and it's just it's so amazing that those guys are doing that, uh, because like as you probably know, Germany doesn't really get any events from Wizards because yeah. of gambling laws and stuff, and those guys, they found a way around that, pretty much, and even though you're only, uh, air quotes, getting paid out in uh, Magic Card Market coupons, those are pretty much as close to real money as it gets. Right. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, and yeah, it's also, it's an overall series, like, if you if you do well throughout the entire year, you will qualify for what they call the, the Power 8, so the best 8 people of the tournament series will get attendance money next year, so if you finish as the best player in all formats combined, you will get 300 euros per stop, which is pretty cool. Wow, that's awesome. That yeah. That's sweet. Uh, actually, so, it kind of... Uh judge my memory i wanted to ask you this so it doesn't really come up all that often uh in america but i i feel in europe it would be much more common how often is language barrier uh a, a difficulty for the european tournaments mm, i think it's not a big problem at all like okay, there's certain i mean people have prejudices about certain nationalities and if you you had to ask me, like, a lot of the more casually legacy players in certain countries, they really don't speak, like, good English, but pretty much all of them are making an effort, and in a way, there's, like, there's English, and there's magic English, and everybody knows what <laughs> attack, block, counter, response, and that kind of stuff means, and so it's never really an issue. The only time it comes up is when there's, like, a problem and somebody like made a mistake but he doesn't want to admit the mistake and then they call over a judge and he just tries to blame it on language issues even though it, it wasn't a language issue it's just like guy you fucked up yeah and then the judge he can't be sure so he's like leaning towards ruling with the guy who doesn't speak proper english and that's sometimes annoying yeah. but i think it hasn't happened to me in years awesome and i play a lot <laughs> yeah exactly I, I it's i've heard horror stories but also in my own experience you know i've played against japanese players who don't speak a lick of english and we have not had any trouble you know getting through a game you know, i i do like how you describe it you know magic english uh i <laughs> i hadn't really thought about that as a concept but it really is true that magic is kind of this universal language um especially in legacy where everyone kind of takes pride in just memorizing every card and having entire decks in foreign languages because they know what all the cards do anyways. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely th- think that uh, plays a big role in it as well. But there are those kind of scumbag horror stories you hear about, you know, and all of a sudden he stopped speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, yeah, awesome. 
Uh, so I take it, are you going to be uh, you going to be bringing elves to that that tournament? Yeah, very likely. Like I'm still thinking about going to GP Vegas, and if I do, I I was thinking why well, if you're actually flying out and paying so much money and stuff, why are you not playing miracles? And I don't know yet. Like there's some other issues that I might not be able to go to Vegas, but if I do, I'm probably 80% to play elves and 20% to play miracles. But yeah, it's probably going to be miracles. <laughs> elves. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 80-20, but it's probably going to be miracles. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I am also, I could not get the time off work, so I'm most likely oh. going to be missing Vegas. Unless I just quit my job. That's also yeah, an that's, option. That's what I want to suggest. That's the correct play. Correct play, quit your job. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we we have a huge crew going down. Uh, my uh, the co-host Pat, uh, he's going to be down there. I think they have a house with like eight or ten people in it. So definitely seems the like that, the uh... that Bob also goes to. Sorry, what was that? Is that the house that Bob and Anurag also go to? Uh, I don't know if Bob and Anurag are in that because house that as well. The house that I'm staying at. Oh, <laughs> so maybe you'll get to meet Pat firsthand then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's it definitely seems like uh, GP Vegas is going to be another legacy mecca this year, which I go. think is going to be awesome. <laughs> and sadly, I'm probably going to miss it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I saw I saw on Twitter uh, the reason why you might uh, you might not be making Vegas is because of a uh, a tooth issue. You, you yeah. chipped a tooth in game. Yeah. Uh, so. Basically, at the Eternal Weekend uh, in Paris two weeks ago or something, I played against uh, Anders... Fuck, I don't know your last name, dude. Tyson. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, he played Miracles, and I played Elves, and I I managed to beat him in the Swiss at the cost of my tooth, which kind (laughs) of crumbled. It's a longer issue. It's related to a butchered root canal, and that needs to be redone, and in the worst case, I might need to get an implant. And that side might set me back between 1,000 and 2,000 euros. Ugh. And yeah, so That's... it's not like I didn't have the money. But the thing is, when I went, my original plan to go to the US was to go to Vegas and then stay there for two weeks and see the entire West Coast. Mm-hmm. And that would also set me back another probably close to 1,500, 2,000. Yeah. And at that point, we're getting to, to a point where like I'm eating up a lot of my funds. So right. I'm, I'm really not feeling comfortable. And a lot of people are trying to persuade me to uh, to still go, and I really, really want to go, and I want to find a way to go. But we will see. I've I've got my next appointment at the dentist. Actually, on the day the Legacy Premier League starts, the twentieth, the Thursday next week, <laughs> and I know more. Than... <laughs> I really hope they just give you a whole bunch of Novocaine, and we get to see you play your match, uh, just doped up on Novocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh, why did you see the the video that I did, the deck tech, the F stack tech? I did a cheapy lil. No, no, why? <laughs> so basically, I did an elf stack tech with uh, Matei Sadlakai from the official coverage at the GP. And then in the evening, we did another deck tech on, oh fuck, on helium. And that, that was a bit different. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's on my YouTube. If you go to, to my website, there should be a link to my YouTube channel. Uh, we, we'll, we'll post that in the show notes. For oh yeah, we can actually viewing, post that in the show notes. People's so, viewing pleasure. Um, <laughs> and like, interviewed me about elves and yeah, we, we happened to have a lot of helium at our castle that we rented for the GP and we had to use it up. So we used it up for deck techs. 
<laughs> Do uh, castles in Europe usually come with helium? Is that is that uh, a standard feature? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's the premier feature. <laughs> the premier feature. We paid extra for all the helium. <laughs> I was still surprised you could randomly buy a box of like a bottle of helium at some children's play store, but I think it was for balloons. Yeah, actually, we had balloons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're for the kids, Julian. They're for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, having balloons is like a really great thing for a GP. So what we did is we put helium into them, and then we we stuck them to to our backpacks, and with a long piece of string, like two or three meters, or oh, I don't know yeah. how much that is in feet. You guys have this. Uh, that's like uh, thing. that's like six feet. Yeah, something like that. I think it was even more. And so if you walk around in the convention center, you can actually always see where your friends are and you can see where your friends are playing. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really cool. I recommend <laughs> that. If yeah. too many people start doing it, it stops working. Well, yeah, I mean, because I was going to say that's an old festival trick. Uh, I, I go to a lot of musical festivals and that's what we'll do is we'll tie balloons to our wrists or backpacks so that we can find each other. And it started to catch on, and it just ends up you make new friends because you wander <laughs> over. You wander over. It's like, oh, there's a balloon. My friends must be over there. And then you just start talking to the people there. It's like, oh, you use the balloon trick too. <laughs> balloon trick. And that's how you don't know what the balloon trick is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's how you get new friends for life. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that, I might have to start doing that for uh, for big tournaments though. I might have to steal that uh, for the for the North American meta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess uh, is anything else you kind of wanted uh, to cover today? Anything uh, burning a hole in your mind? Mm, not really. I would just be like super 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 happy if all of you guys would tune in for the Legacy Premier League on April twentieth. It's gonna be live at. 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Standard Time, something like when it's 5 p.m. on the East Coast, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's actually a good point. What's the schedule? Is this going to be weekly? Is this going to be every other week? Uh, what, how uh, how often can people tune into it? It's going to be weekly. We're going to play one group, six matches each week, uh, starting at 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. And after the group stage is over, we're going to play all the wildcard rounds in one week. And then we're going to play two quarterfinals in the next week, uh, in the next two weeks, basically. And as well as the semifinals. And then the finals is going to be its own show. I think from the schedule we did, the finals would technically be the same weekend as GP Vegas. So we're taking a break there and we are only doing that the week after. Awesome. Great. And uh, for the listeners, we'll also uh, post this up in the Facebook group. Uh, so we'll have it there for easy access whenever you want to either check out replays or watch it live and in action. Uh, we will uh, make sure we post up the link uh, whenever it goes live. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. You, you have to crush Bob for me, though. <laughs> I will try. And he used to play Grixis Dava on Magic Online and crushed him every single time. Yeah. But now that he's turned the dark side, I don't know. <laughs> we have to bring him back to the light. It's for his own good, really. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's actually true. <laughs> he does thrive in the darkness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what does that tell you about the format when its creator turns the dark side? No, do not spread this. <laughs> Bob's ego is big enough as is. We don't need him being the legacy godfather. <laughs> uh, 
awesome. At All some right. point, we're gonna have tournaments like in Vintage where you got like your regular payout, and then you got the the budget payout uh, for the decks containing no, you know, power nine. Right. And I guess we're gonna have the uh, payout for the decks not containing any terminal. Yeah, <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> The, yeah, winner, so <laughs> the winner of not playing Miracles. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Sweet. So we don't we don't really do uh, shout-outs on, uh, on the cast, but uh, what we do do is uh, scoops in the top eight. So anyone you want to scoop in the top eight, Julian? Uh, you, or you mean of the of the players in this league, or generally? Oh, uh, just in general. Any, it's all right. It's a shout out. We're just unique little snowflakes, so we call them scoops in the top eight. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. So I guess I would instantly scoop um, basically four people in the top eight. Uh, if, if I could do that, like Nathaniel yeah. of Carrera, who's been helping out a lot of the league and making this happen. Same for Geoffrey Palmer, who does the animation, who did the intro for our league. Matt Pavlik, who doesn't get to play as much Magic anymore, but he's still like the guy behind the scenes who, who helped us out a lot in this league. And also Mike, who's my co-producer, I guess you would call that, in the league. Who He handles all the streaming parts, whereas I do like the website and the other things. And yeah, he's also like doing a great job with that. And I'm really looking forward to, to the things that he's got prepared for this season. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's definitely a big project, so big thanks to everyone coming together to put this put this up. Awesome. Hey, well, thanks so much for coming on, Julie. Really appreciate having you on today. This is great. Oh, I enjoyed it. It gave me a reason to get dressed because I wasn't sure about <laughs> I was it as a video podcast or not. <laughs> That's the problem with Magic Online is, you know, sometimes you don't need to put pants on. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a problem. <laughs> Well, I guess for your overall health, maybe not your immediate health, (laughs) mental state. (laughs) Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. This was great. Any, uh, if you want to plug anything else in the future or, you know, anything else, announcements you want to make, definitely hit us up. You know, you're welcome to come Mm -hmm. on whenever. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for having me, man. Wow, Jerry, you brought up so many great points in that interview, man. Fantastic job. You haven't listened to it, you lying sack <laughs> Full shit. disclosure, I have not listened to it yet. <laughs> God, now I wish I had just, like, shit on you the entire interview. <laughs> so then it just, like, cuts back in to you just going, that was great. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm, I'm actually very excited to hear it. I haven't got a chance to listen to it yet. I can't wait to hear it when I'm doing the editing, and I'm sure that our listeners are really going to enjoy that. And question, just so we know, did you actually ask him how to pronounce his name? Because I know there was some confusion the last time we spoke to, to Lawrence. <laughs> I did. I did. I brought up that we were talking about it on, like, the previous cast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he said either way it doesn't matter to him. I, I don't think it made it onto the recording, though. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to do that before, you know, the mic started recording of course no of course didn't make a fool of myself (laughs) i do that enough on my own already (laughs) so um just and just so everyone knows uh if you listen to some of the new segment kind of music uh the the transition music that we have and our new intro by the way which i'm sure you guys have heard 
Uh, we'll mention him later. But Johnny Cure from our our Facebook group and uh, friend of the cast uh, did some really just great work for us. Um, so you know he he made some tracks for us. I'm hoping you guys get to hear you got to hear it on the intro this week. And then uh, he made us a special one, and I'm gonna try to use it for the transition uh, right after uh, right after the Julian Nab interview. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you'd like lyrics. Please email uh, Aaron Gazaniga. He has all the information. <laughs> he has all the information. It's going to be an extra confusing episode, Pat, if you don't get those music uh, tie-ins. <laughs> well, I, I have <laughs> play something like... like play something like the Beatles, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this guy's really talented. <laughs> yeah, he just came up with uh, you know, let it be, just right <laughs> off the top of his head. <laughs> um. All right, so. Uh, let's see. In other news, uh, there was an organized play announcement. Jerry, there wasn't really too much like relevant to Legacy in there, right? I don't think any of it was relevant to yeah. Legacy. The only thing that's relevant to us being in the Northeast is that they did announce that um, GP Providence, which is at the end of September, is going to be uh, team limited a uh, team limited Grand Prix. So maybe like we'll get some of the locals here to go play uh, the new set. Ixalan? Isalan? Iceland? Ixalad? Iceland? Reykjavik? What the fuck? Yeah, whatever that is. Um, (laughs) So that's cool, I guess. Um, Other than that, it sucks to be a pro. It's hard to be a pro, and uh, people have to pay to be an RPTQ. I think that pretty much wraps it up, right? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really read the announcement because it's really long and just doesn't matter to me, but I was reading everyone's reactions on social media, and it seems like it's mostly negative. Surprise, Wizards made an announcement and people reacted negatively. (laughs) But, yeah, people were kind of bitching about, uh, I guess, the prize payout for the Pro Tour went down. Um, uh, Oh, you have to pay a fee for RPTQs? Yeah, that kind of sucks. Yeah, so now to get on the tournament, on the Pro Tour... You need to, you know, win a local R, uh, PPTQ, then pay a tournament entry fee for an RPTQ in order to get to the Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess people weren't too happy about that. Uh, I don't really blame them, though. I, I don't want to pay money for tournaments. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there wasn't really anything. I figured we may as well mention it. I'll drop the link in the, in the show notes if anyone cares. But uh, nothing really relevant in there, right? I mean, there's a sweet new Ink Moth Nexus promo. Great. Yeah, for, well, in fact, hey, that's that's relevant. That's relevant. Yeah, I mean, I just don't care about foils, so. Well, I mean, we'll we'll teach you good one day. Yeah. We'll teach you good. Sure, sure. <laughs> Get on the foil train. <laughs> um. All right. So, was there anything else you wanted to uh, mention before we got out of here, Jerry? Uh, I mean, I think I think that's it. We had a quite a full podcast. <laughs> You know, Jerry and I are that. literally recording for 15 minutes today. This is so yeah, weird. You anything? You didn't do anything. It was all me. Yeah, for once, Jerry, you carried <laughs> like you. Your back must be killing you from carrying the podcast this week. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it, I need to see the chiropractor after carrying <laughs> such a heavy load. <laughs> all right, Jerry. So, uh, if someone needs to find you and you're not at your chiropractor's office, uh, where can they find you, man? How can they get a hold of you? Uh, you can get a hold of me on Twitter. I'm at, at Jamie3rd. That's me, M-E-E. I, that's the most confusing way to explain it, but you'll find me. You'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm also all over the Facebook group. I'm in, also in the Real Thing Presentation, the Show Intel group. I'm an admin in there, so I'm always posting in there. I ventured into the Miracles one uh, today, and I got I got into some heated arguments with Miracles players. <laughs> and I tell you, those those Miracles players stick to their guns. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, yeah, 
you can find me trolling around the internet. Try not to take anything I say too seriously. <laughs> all right. It's hard in written, written text. Uh, all right. And you can find me uh, at Pat Eugle on Twitter. You can find the show. Um, you can search for Leaving Legacy uh, on Facebook. Uh, let's see. You can find my Twitch, twitch.tv slash Pat Uglo. Uh, you can find us on Hipsters every Friday or MTG Cast uh, the following Monday. Um, was there anything else, Jerry, before we got into our shout-outs and all that? I think that's it, Pat. I right. think that's it. All right, awesome. Uh, and one more time, you know, just wanted to mention the Patreon. If you want to support us, you can find that in the show notes. And I wanted to kind of give a special thanks to our newest patrons uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Nick Magior, Michael... patrons. What's that? First patrons. Is that, isn't that what I said? Well, newest, but... Well, they are they are our newest. They are our yeah, first, that's correct, but also, also our newest. <laughs> um, uh, so Nick Maggior, Michael, Tom Smiley, Kevin McGrath, and Nathaniel Hooker. Uh, actually, and Nathaniel had a really great post. So anyone who's uh, uh, you know part of our Patreon family, you can actually post for just Patreon only members on the actual Patreon page, which is a cool way to sort of uh, get our get in our ear really quickly. Um, so Nathaniel actually mentioned uh, doing an episode on Pauper, which he called. Uh, Diet Legacy, I think, or Legacy Light. And actually, having played the format in the past, I, I would certainly agree that it's a lot more powerful than I originally expected, and it's a lot of fun. I believe um, the official term is, I can't believe it's not Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we just lo- we just got our, uh, our, our title for the episode. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so... Um, you know, if there's uh, if there is a certain uh, kind of like you know pauper aficionado you guys want us to have on the show as a guest, let me know um, or let Jerry know, and we'll do our best to get them on there. Um, and I'm also going to try to stream some pauper over the next few weeks um, to prepare for our pauper episode. So it won't be next week, but it will be in the next few weeks. I just want to make sure that we have a really solid episode to do that. So you know, look forward to hearing about some some pauper from us, and um, you know, check out my stream and. Watch your stream a couple of popper leagues, and if you have any suggestions on what decks to play, let me know, because they're all pretty inexpensive, so we should be able to pick up kind of anything at a, no, at a moment's notice. Yeah, let us know about a popper expert, because I know next to nothing about yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I know a little bit more than Jerry, so that's great. I know there's a few people out there. There used to be a really popular pop, popper podcast. Uh, popper podcast. Um, I can't remember who it was, um, but you know what? I have some. I have some people in mind who I kind of want to bring on. Um, but you know, please, please, please let me know who you think would be a great fit for that because I'd love to, uh, to get some suggestions on there. Yeah, that would be awesome. All right, Jerry, uh, who do you want to scoop in this week, buddy? Uh, well, definitely want to scoop in Julian. It was great having him on. He's, he was an awesome person to talk to and, uh, I'm really excited for this, uh, legacy premier league, uh, that we focused a lot of the cast on. Hopefully we'll get him on. I, I'm, I guarantee you, I'm going to get some angry Facebook and email messages from people saying that they wish we got, went deeper into the elves, uh, deck with Julian since he is so well known for it, but that's just more material we can have him back on for. <laughs> of course. Yeah. We, we haven't had like a real dedicated elves episode, so why not? Yeah, definitely. But yeah, definitely wanted to scoop in Julian. He was absolutely awesome, and I am really looking forward to the Legacy Premier League. Uh, also, just want to scoop you in, Pat. You, know, you you do you. You you do you. You you weren't really on this episode very much, but you know you you were in my heart. Just Watch remember this be that. the most popular episode we've released. The episode that I'm barely on. <laughs> 
pretty much, pretty much. I mean, I, I I'll make sure of it. Oh, excellent. <laughs> um, all right, and I'm gonna scoop in. Uh, first of all, I want to scoop in all of our Patreon supporters again. Um, you know, all the people who have talked to us and said they appreciate what we're doing here and um, support us on there. You guys really make a huge difference. You have no idea how much the support means to us. So really, thank you, thank you, thank you um, from the bottom of our hearts. Um, also want to, uh, scoop in Johnny Cured for making us some sweet, uh, intro music, some, uh, yes. some, some great, uh, transition music. I'm going to dream crush Aaron Gazaniga for just living the troll lifestyle 24 seven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I just want to know, like, you know, has he ever taken down a major tournament? Cause I know he, he says, <laughs> I'm like, I live in punt town, but I feel like he may be the mayor. So oh, I'm to wow. There is some salt being thrown back and forth <laughs> that I did not know existed until right now. <laughs> I'm basically, have you seen, have you met salt Bay? Cause I'm basically that guy just pouring on Aaron's carcass. Well, I need to go through the Facebook group and find out, you know, where this drama came from. Cause this is news to me. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know that Aaron is the mayor of Punt Town. I knew okay. that already, but okay. I didn't know you had discovered that. Well, I just want to make sure. You know, I'm like trying to figure out what's going on with him. I feel like uh, he harbors a lot of ill ill will towards me. So, you know, I don't know. We got to we got to sweeten him up a little bit. We got to butter his bread. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to have Aaron on, and you guys can have a have a, you know a hoe down throw down. <laughs> I think that's what the kids call it these days. Yes, that sounds that sounds completely correct. Yeah, totally. Don't get my hopes though. Don't lie to me if that's not true. <laughs> <laughs>